you don't look satisfied. One's a set of laws and the other's a declaration of war. I want a human moment from you. What about the people? Why is America not the greatest, the greatest country in the world, Professor? That's my answer. You're saying yes. You're... Let's talk about fine. The... Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of her paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey, and with a straight face, you're gonna tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So, 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yeah, you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is, there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? everyone welcome back to episode 131 of gun damn this is one of your hosts neo and joining me always is capcom's own sober ryu and chris or actually oh capcom 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 owned uh, soul bro right you <laughs> man if, if Austin was they, there, own, they own your soul because it's like we put our stamp of excellence on it he would buy you, you're only feeding Austin <laughs> and the millions and millions and the millions of the general's followers <laughs> soul bro how are you I'm doing all right it's been a, it's been a great week man and um and it's good to be here what a, and Chris, how are you? Any crazies at the house today? Well, I, I got to sit here and record the show with you guys, so I can't be that great. <laughs> there you go, man. But no, but no, Positivity. No crazies, no Chris crazies. is in the zone. Not, not that I know of. We never know, right? <laughs> no, you, know, you never know who might drop in. <laughs> so in this episode, we're only going to be doing one topic. We're going to be doing a An mon- extended segment for Peter. Ex- oh, yes, oh, extended. Yes. Extended 30-minute segment. Extended. <laughs> extended. 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 <laughs> Actually, we're going to do extended one would be anything over 30 minutes. So it'll be 30 minutes, 36 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so in this extended episode, we're going to be covering the manga 
Ganoda no Ono, which means the Gundam Lady. So um, we'll be talking about that, talking about some of the highlights, the lowlights, our best things that we liked about it, some of the uh, the the overall concept, uh, some of the story plot elements. So uh, in-depth analysis awaits all of you. So guys, before we uh, move into some, uh, I'm, I'm slowly walking over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio. Anything before I uh, kick this off? I'm excited to hear the news. I'm sure some crazy stuff went down this week. All right. I heard that uh, this new segment's being brought to you by Will McAvoy. Ooh. No way. <laughs> How dare you sell to him? <laughs> Did you not read my inner office memo? <laughs> you mean the one to use the new covers for the TPS reports? Oh, my gosh. Yes, that one. Well, it's is it just Will McAvoy, or are you also giving out to Dr. Olivia Munn? Thankfully, she is not involved. Thank God. And I'd like to encourage all of our listeners out there, do not give that show any props. Do not watch it. It needs to go away. If there's things that you need to do for the world, this isn't even for America. This is the world. This show needs to go. So I encourage everybody, just stop watching it because it's a piece of crap. So there Don't you go. even pirate it. It's not worth it. It's... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just put it to you this way. We found out before we started recording that subconsciously Solbro's TV brain is telling him not to watch this. Instead, <laughs> he's trying to watch episode one of season two, three separate occasions, yep. and he just turned it off. So if the master, the, pro, <laughs> the, the god of SBR TV, WSBR, if he can't even watch that crap, you know it's bad. Oh, my God. Is you could you could film grass growing and show it in high definition. This man's got it on Jesus. Well, uh, Planet Earth on BBC. There you There's go. That, that's a great show. Exactly. My God. My there God. you go. And I made it through a whole episode. <laughs> but uh, as for the newsroom, no, I haven't. Uh, I well, haven't finished. Uh, yeah, your 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 brain is telling you. Tell no. I'm, I'm I'm deep in that Sons of Anarchy, so uh, it'll have to wait. <laughs> Yes, I guess we're being brought to you by Will McAvoy. Oh, God. But coming to you from the Larry King Memorial Studio, the true newsman himself. You are the king. You are the king. This is now some Neo's Listener Submitted News articles. And always, if you have any articles to submit, always go to the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the old Mechatalk forum. And the first one here comes from a poster, Nasty Nate. And this is some gaming news. And not only that, but this is some PS. Vita news. So, wow, I know somebody that's going to be excited about some Vita oh news. Who could that ever be? <laughs> Does his name start with D and end with W? <laughs> and the Gundam Breaker game is going to launch for the PS Vita in Japan on October 31st. Ooh. And there's going to be some uh, some of the mobile suits that are going to be part of this launch are dun, 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 Turn A Gundam, oh, Double Zeta, Moonlight Gundam Butterfly Man. wins the match. And then wins the match. Uh, Dresden, Destiny Gundam, oh, Crossbone X1, man, come on. Oh, best Gundams ever. There and there's 30 new missions that are being added. And it doesn't have the General's Favorite, does it? Uh, it doesn't have it. It doesn't say anything about the General's Favorite on there. No. Oh, no. too bad for him. No but remember, remember, kiddies, mm-hmm. PS Vita's region free. Yes. Oh, yes. 
And on the same day that the PS Vita version is released, the already launched PlayStation 3 version will receive a free large-scale update adding the PS Vita's versions, new mobile suits, missions, and cross-play and cross-save compatibilities. Wait a second. Bandai is giving new mobile suits for free? That's nuts. That's what it says. It's There's got to be a catch somewhere. Wait, wait, wait. Free large-scale update. Well, the, the catch is you have, you have to buy the PS3 game <laughs> to get it. So, I mean, basically... Well, it's a given, but, right. I mean, it's, it's practically unheard of. I mean, I know they gave away two free mobile suits for uh, Extreme Versus because I downloaded them. Mm-hmm. But still, even that's, that's kind of surprising. Well, I'm just letting you know. I'm, I mean, don't kill the messenger on this one. But, yeah, yeah. that's what they're doing. 30 Band- new missions, all those new mobile suits, cross-play... And cross save compatibility because that's very important. Nice, nice. Yeah, Ben has been pretty generous lately. Uh, I'm I'm Whoa. quite amazed. They've been giving away DLC um, in certain other cases too. But it, it's not it's not it's not ruining your news. It's it's. No, 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 it, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm I'm waiting okay. to see if Earthquake's going to happen. Oh, Jesus. Seth Bandai is going to be uh, <laughs> generous lately. Yeah. So I'm waiting. Is. Wait, I'll... wait. Nothing yet. Yeah. <laughs> no tsunamis yet. No, they um. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> no, they um they they recently released the 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 JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game as well, and they have DLC characters, and they've given away two so far. So um I'm quite shocked at that. Usually nickel and dime, not as much as Capcom, but they do nickel and dime too. So I'm didn't, just, didn't we didn't we put in more on fighting game stuff for a while? Hey man, I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> it, the, I'm just, it, the subject of DLC came up. I just thought I'd add to it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Um, and thank you, Nasty Nate, for your submission. Ooh, next one here comes for Burtman Five. Oh. And do you guys remember um, the Zagok? <laughs> oh, do you, do you remember? I don't know. Um, I tried to. Remember the Zaku, uh, Zaku and Zagok tofu? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, once the big Zam's tofu is mass produced, everyone thing will have flavor, and oh, it's avocado shit. flavored. Oh, so, nice. yeah, you can put it with some tacos. I bet that'd be awesome. Yeah, big Zam tofu. It looks awesome. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's tofu. <laughs> tofu. Yeah, that that makes it even worse there. But uh, thank you, Mr. Brent Man, for for your submission. Next one here comes from ooh, first one from Evil Australian, Bent Noir. He's always the first Evil Australian we've ever gotten. Sweet. Here we go. Super Robot Tyson is getting a fighting game spinoff for PS3 this November. Yes. Mm-hmm. Super Robot's leaving. It's going to be called Super Robot Tyson Infinite Battle. It's a uh, 3D fighting game with team battles and mechas from the original series saga. And they can clash in uh, one one versus three mode, two versus two mode, and one versus one modes. So um, it doesn't have a story. Well, mm. Sounds like a fighting game. It does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> check one box. It's already a fighting game. <laughs> the controls sound simplified since there's a specific button for melee attacks, another button for fire weapons, special attack button. That sounds like the, what is that, that Street Fighter EX one where you did like the one button combos. Am I doing that? Am I reciting that correctly, uh, Solbro? Yeah, there have been, they've been uh, some Street Fighter yeah. games that have been like that, yeah. That's the one that just came to mind, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also uh, directional inputs that you add by pressing buttons so you can do different attacks. So um, Nice. It's going to feature the following machines. Cybuster, Fairylon Type S, Slage Glamour, Artisan Reese, Soul Gain, Guest Pence, Mark II, Mass Produced Models. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, all you uh, Super Robot Wars fans, uh, look forward to that. And thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Ooh, the next one here comes from Arbiter Gundam. And, of course, what do you think? What type of news do you think he's going to be giving us, guys? <laughs> Chris? Robotech? Robotech? Uh, Solbro? Oh, Gundam news? <laughs> uh, oh, it's actually news from Macross World. Oh. Macross World Convention. Two thousand. could have guessed? Announces a special guest. Hadaiki Take Tenjin. And uh, he's going to be the special guest for the convention. Mm-hmm. And he's the artist has provided many of the art for Macross products uh, released in the recent years, including all the Hayagasua uh, Macross models, the latest Macross Blu-ray box sets, and most recently, Arcadia's limited edition 160 30th anniversary VF1J toy. He's also nice. the scheme for the special Valkyrie. I'll help designing and implementing the 1-1 scale VF25 and vf 1S being displayed in Japan, and he's also, ooh, we were partly correct, Solbro, mm-hmm. he's also produced designs for Gundam and Space Battleship Yamato. Oh, so, shoot. Uh, the panel's going to include a Q&A session. What do you think about Glass Seagull, Mr. Tenjin? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Olivia Munn will be there. <laughs> he's going to have autographs and a special dinner featuring Big Zom Tofu. Nice. No, it's, uh, the dinner's going to have a a few lucky friends. I guess there's going to be uh, details of that, um, of how to get into that. And the Macross World Convention will be held in Torrance, California on October 5th, 2013. Wow, maybe hmm, maybe I should go to this. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, That's right. Do- you and Dollar should make that grand return. <laughs> we get another special out of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Arbiter Gundam, for that. And if I go to this, I need a split of your uh, Macross uh, booty there. <laughs> Right, next one here. Ooh, Bet Noir again. Ooh, this is this seems like some the the Chinese army claims a Pacific Rim is American propaganda. They're saying that uh, it's uh, um, in, a, in, a, in a Chinese military newspaper. Chinese offer explains the secret imperialist message of Guillermo del Toro's movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no surprise that they don't probably a they don't like that the Crimson Typhoon. Got yeah. beaten up, oh, yeah. and B that one of the victors was a Japanese person. Yeah, that's true. So, so it, those two things alone are already like kiss of death. Yet it, it made a shit ton of money over there. So go figure. Here, here's according to the Hollywood Reporter. It says the decisive battle against the monsters was deliberately set in the South China Sea, adjacent to Hong Kong. Saying said that's the uh, general. Uh, Beijing has territorial disputes with most of its neighbors in the South China Sea. The intention was to demonstrate the U.S. commitment to maintaining stability in the Asia-Pacific area and saving mankind. Yeah, we've already done it a few times. And soldiers should sharpen their teeth, their, sharpen their eyes and enforce a firewall to avoid ideological erosion when watching American movies, saying war. <laughs> but it was yeah, I think so- they're trying pretty desperately to get out of something that they've already lost because – People want to see a freaking robot monster movie, and that's what they went and saw. They don't really care about this stupid um, propaganda of the Chinese government. Yeah, and we've already saved the world a couple of times, and um, our stuff is good enough to copy and sell cheaply, right? Well, there you go. It. Everybody hey. wins. Cancel with <laughs> China, I take it. Now we'll never open up that. Oh, Vent Noir. Thank you, Vent Noir, for that submission. And then he comes back with some robot apocalypse news. I'll be back. A robot that climbs the walls to paint graffiti on them. Oh, my God. A vandalist little robot. And it looks like a Roomba with um, 
with a special attachment on it. So, and uh, some Berlin designers have created the Vert Walker, a robot the size of a Roomba. Oh my God, that can climb walls and paint on them. And I wonder if it's packing a rice and cigarette. <laughs> and I got this is probably for the messages that they're going to do. Mm. Uh, the main technology that drives the Vert Walker is a clever ceiling lip on the underside of the Roomba shaped robot that can hold the vacuum but doesn't create a lot of friction when moved is created independently of the Verwalker. The design um, is uh, it's used to give the super lightweight Spider-Man like wall crawling power. So it works autonomously always to kill people. Wait, no. Uh, they're always saying this autonomously with a fixed set of rules that makes use of internal sensors and keeps it within a specific area of the wall. They always try to say to us that they have a fixed set of rules, but we know the robots can get past these rules. We've seen this. The tomes have shown us that, and the tomes have shown us how to destroy these things. So, so not only will it eradicate humans, but it'll become the next Banksy. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know who who probably would have loved to have this robot? Mm-hmm. Those dudes from Samurai Champloo. Yeah. <laughs> from that one That's, episode. Yeah, probably. Those guys would have. They would have been all over that. They'd have killed for this, ma'am. Man, they're born in the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> And since, all right, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. And uh, next one here is from Rodimus76, and we can talk about this because, A, we're looking forward to this movie, and, B, it's starring a robot in it. And it's talking about how James Spader has been cast as Ultron in Avengers Age of Ultron, which, of course, Avengers Ultron will be made by uh, Hank Pym, right, uh, right, Silbra? They'll somehow recant that, right? I, 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 I don't I don't know. I, I It's looking really Tony Stark at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yes, and uh, so he will be Ultron. So that's all we're going to leave it there. So. And, and, of course, Ultron's going to be added to the tomes, right? Because he's, he's one bastard as far as they go. Oh, yeah. Part of the tomes, like 616 tomes and stuff like that. Yeah, he's already in there. He's yeah. on the book cover. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Mr. Rodman76, for your submission. Ooh, next one here comes from EA NetDude and the... 3D Blu-ray cover and collector's edition of the upcoming Blu-ray and 3D release of Pacific Rim has been released. And, uh, yeah, you should check the link because this thing looks pretty damn cool. Wow, it does. Uh, yeah, it looks way cool. Um, and then it's showing like the special edition, so you're going to have pretty much uh, the same thing there. So yeah, um, just um, go to Amazon immediately and put that in your <laughs> <laughs> your, your pre-order queue. Yes, yeah, pretty much. So thank you, Mister EA Net Dude, for your submission. Uh oh, uh oh, oh, turn hit the hit the alert button, Solbro. <laughs> you know what we have? We know what time it is, ma'am. It's survey news alert. <laughs> Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh, my God, that's bullshit. What the? F- yes, a nice. survey news alert from EA Net, dude. And it says here that the Dinobots are officially confirmed uh-huh. in Transformers 4, which is the age of a, the extinction of everybody's childhoods. That's the uh, subtitle. In <laughs> an exclusive uh, interview... With Lorenzo Di Bonaventure, the Beijing News is revealing some cool Transformers 4 news. First, there is now official confirmation of the existence of the Dinobots in Transformers 4. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they're going um, to um, have some changes. There's going to be a uh, possible Chinese concept car E-Jet being in uh, Cybertronian design. And... 
There's going to be some of the most coolest and most exciting cars in the world, including some Japanese vehicles. So they'll basically red be the cars s- and my transformers. Oh, that'll be the day. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> all, all I know is me, Grimlock, like box office returns. Exactly. <laughs> and, of course, um, Surbay's Classic will be coming to us next year. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that, Mr. EA Netude, for that Surbay news alert. Oh, Indeed. Bet Noir comes back with some more robot apocalypse news. And see, it's already becoming NASA's nuclear Mars tank rebels against human control. Yep. See, it's already starting. Nice. It's, it's NASA's famous nuclear-powered ray-gun-armed Mars rover Curiosity has broken free of human control. Has made up its own mind to drive across the rusty plains of our neighbor world. According to the Boffins, you know, this has got to be uh, Boffins. That's got to be British site at the space agency who were formerly in charge of it. So see, Mars Curiosity got real curious and is looking for humans to kill on Mars. So this is not good. This is where it starts. Mark this day. Robot pops. It picked the wrong place to do it. <laughs> is it going to get like reprogrammed and come back as as Hucity and want to uh, merge with the creator? Oh my god! <laughs> Someone's breaking out a uh, <laughs> 2001 <laughs> stuff. Viger. <laughs> yes, it yeah. was a Star Trek reference, not 2001. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in California said on Tuesday, August 27th, Curiosity successfully used its autonomous navigation to drive onto the ground that could not be confirmed safe before the start of the drive. This was a first for Curiosity. In a preparatory test last week, Curiosity plotted part of a drive for itself but kept it within the area that the operators had identified in advance as safe. So it's that's it, man. That's Judgment Day. I'm already in front of it prostrated. <laughs> You know what makes it bad is two weeks ago, I almost bought a Roomba, but oh. something kept telling me because I, I watched it. It's pretty damn amazing. And that's how they trick you. The mm-hmm. robots, they trick you. They say, look, look at the stuff I could do. I could pick up all the stuff. You almost fell for it. Behind me, my inner John Connor said, my inner admiral said, <laughs> don't do it. So <laughs> it's a decision that may save your life someday. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you, Mr. Vet Noir. For your submission. Uh, next one here. Oh, next one here is from Rodimus76. And oh. hit, the, hit, the, hit the horn. Another oh, sh- again? news alert. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Survey news alert. <laughs> and this comes from the Geek Tyrant. Transformers, Age of Extinction, parentheses, your childhood. Poster has been released. So check it out. Yes. I'm and, check- uh, yeah. and remember, this movie stars Mark Wahlberg, Stanley Tucci, Jack Renard, no cola pelts. Kelsey Grammer. See? It's, it's so Frasier? Oh, shit. Miller, Peter Cullen, and Lee Bingbing. And, of course, it's being directed, and um, things are being blown up by Surbay himself. There you so, go, man. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. And uh, Mechton GM, um, I, I like the survey news alert, but uh, read the previous survey news alerts because they pretty much are the same <laughs> thing that you're giving me there. But I, I, I like the enthusiasm and keep it up. But Rodimus76 comes right back again. There is another survey news alert. Hit the horn. Yes, hit the horn. 
Michael Bay. And there's a new pick from the set. He's got the link. A new pick from the set showing the cast in an alien ship. Uh, in, in, in an alien gunship. So yes, check that out. Some amazing stuff. And, um, of course, it's going to be released on June 27th, 2014. So mark all your calendars there. I've already got mine marked. So thank you, um, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Next one here comes from The Foul Sorceress. And this is Robot Apocalypse News. And this is not good. And if they link up, if they do their secret link up with, um, of, uh, with uh, the Curiosity Drone... And this could be really bad. There's drones that are being used by Yukon um, prospectors to find new gold deposits. So now in the Yukon, they got all these aerial drones and stuff flying all over for mineral deposits, which will probably they'll use to power their robot bodies when they're killing us. So this is not good. Not good at all. So thanks to you. Mr. Foul Sorcerers for your submission. So next, next season next season of Gold Rush will be brought to you by Skynet. <laughs> nice. Next one here comes from Mecton GM and he's just got a link to the first Robocop trailer. So Ooh, guys go uh man. check that out. Don't that... know don't know if it's gonna be as as uh <laughs> funny as the, <laughs> as, the, as the first one. Um but hey. That's that is something that has polarized the internet. Have you have you seen it yet? Um, what hasn't polarized the internet? No, but I mean this 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 more more than anything recently, man. People have watched this trailer and some people are digging it, and other people but are saying more, more it. In the last twelve hours, this has it. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> why, what, why has it pol? I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, so, some people. Honest, are, yeah, I never some, never a huge RoboCop dude to begin with. Oh, so. No, the first movie's funny, but yeah. and it's violent, but I've never been like a huge, huge fan of it. So yeah. I was kind of like, okay, I can, you know, whatever. So, but what? Why? Why is it polarizing in, in well, ten, pe- ten words or less? Well, people, people are watching it, and they, it doesn't seem to be as violent as the Verhoeven movie. But it's a green, uh, it's a green band trailer, so you don't really expect to see all that, all that, you know, violence in this in this trailer. So I don't know. I don't. Ex- I don't expect it to be a Paul Verhoeven movie. He directs a special kind of movie, and and I've, I've already resigned to that fact. But you kind of got to know that this movie is going to be PG thirteen. Yeah, and that that's that is a problem I have with it. But it looks it's looking real PG. 13 when you watch the trailer and so there's and, gonna be no bitches leave oh man there might be or there or, might be uh, some uh, some of it but it's gonna be tamer off uh big big fakies <laughs> so the 1980s are gonna get that's mm-hmm. what that movie's great about well come on most yeah, yeah. most movies now are tame compared to what was in the 1980s with all the violence, racism, sexism. You know, <laughs> the, the, the trade is though is that it's got an incredible stable of actors in the movie. Man, it's got yeah. Samuel Jackson, Michael Keaton, mm. um, um, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, mm. uh, and and all sorts of people. Man, it looks it's looking really good, man. And how many times have there been movies with great stable of actors that have been? Shit. Hey man, it's it's got uh it's got Commissioner Gordon in it, man. It's got uh. Oh, well, it'll immediately be yeah, yeah. immediately ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a that's an actor's actor right there, man. He, he's going he's going to kill it, man. Gary Oldman, we're going to see him. He he's going to be a new man. If the <laughs> script is is garbage, then whatever. But whatever, I don't care. Mac to GM, thank you. I'll be um, there. <laughs> Robocop, whatever. Okay, there you go. Oh, the next one here is. This must be a new thing I'm going to have to put on the news. Mm-hmm. E8 Net Dude has Q Soul Bros Hype Machine. 
So we have Robot Apocalypse news, Survey News Alert. Now we're going to have the cue, the Soul Bros uh, hype machine. Mm -hmm. Well, get this. There is a petition. (laughs) I think that's why he's doing it. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) For Michael Bay Survey to include Peter Cullen as a hologram driver for Optimus Prime's vehicle mode. 20,000 signatures are needed. So let me see. What, does that even guarantee anything? Let's see. 20,000 are needed. Did Sir Bay say that he will um, do it if there's 20,000 signatures? I don't see no. any. I, I love that. Wouldn't I love, even be aware of it. Yeah, exactly. He's too busy. He wouldn't even give, give a crap. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the comments. 1,000 petition signers milestone reached. Hooray! You're doing it! We're moving towards our goal! Transformer pads, let's see how far each of us can move the petition forward as the world watches. Thanks! You're amazing. And (laughs) that's from the petition organizer. Oh my gosh. So, so what, how, how many do they have? Um, they have uh, 1,238 right now. Oh, hey, big pimp in there. Right. Yeah. They need, uh, what, they need 20,000 total? Man. Well, I think 20,000 to accomplish nothing still. Yeah. Because <laughs> that needs to be said. Yeah, because it's, it's, not, it's, not like it's not like, you know, adding somebody to um, a general election for a state or something like that. Or like, it's not like the White House where, you know, if you reach the, uh, the goal, you get an official response on your issue. Yeah. Well, we might have 1239. Go ahead, Solbro. You know you want to do it. Oh, boy. Well, we know how well the, uh, petition, the petition, we know how well the petition to kick Ben Affleck out of uh, Batman turned out. Which someone actually <laughs> tried to jokingly uh, set up on the White House and got taken down pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. They certainly did. And, um, and I, I hope they were made, made a fool of. <laughs> for putting it up there. They should have their citizenship stripped away for doing that. There you go. That's a waste of public resources. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the person that organized that's like Mr. Like, um, you know, don't tax me and I hate government and stuff like that. But my God, I better get my no Ben Affleck in my Batman movie. I don't want no Batfleck. I don't want no Batfleck. Oh, no taxes. <laughs> Tea Party. Tax enough already. But. <laughs> I might... <laughs> I, I might be wrong, but it was probably just someone doing it for the lulls. Maybe, but they still should be shot. So, um, okay. <laughs> just saying. Treason! Um, so, thank you, <laughs> Mr. EA Net Dude. And if anybody else, actually, I'm now going to, peti- I'm now going to petition this myself. We will now have Q Solbro's Hype Machine and all ridiculous internet uh petitions you can link to the news now i will make an exception for oh, that Jesus but they got to be good ones i just don't <laughs> want like you know uh get you know twenty thousand signatures to have uh, skittles the cat on the next um you know um how i met your mother or something like that i don't skittles want skittles the cat <laughs> yeah you don't know about skittles the cat <laughs> i've never heard of it until he's now a, he's, he's a cat of eight eight colors man you never seen him <laughs> A commercial for Skittles? No, I don't know. I just made it up. Skittles nice. and cat sounded nice. awesome. Someone get on that picture. Yeah. <laughs> or actually, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so that will be a new one there. And the last one here comes from NM one two one Akuma, and he's got a new one here: Crazy Psychic Children Apocalypse Alert. Wow, this is probably this is probably a one timey thing. Sorry to steal that from you, Chris. But this is a it's a one timey instead of an old timey. I know it sounds the same, but it's much a little different. So don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright infringement. You took my thing. You took my idea. 
Ayn Rand read that. That's nine. No, actually, he says the prophecy of the ancient text Akira comes true. Tokyo gets the 2020 <laughs> Olympics. And yeah, that's right. I forgot they were having the Olympics. Well, <laughs> the explosion happened. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, yes. Uh, guys, comments on that? Are you going to now reschedule your uh, trips to Tokyo for uh, <laughs> not to be in 2020? <laughs> I'm going to get as far away from Tokyo as I possibly can because <laughs> I got reminded of that when we uh, when uh, when Show and I just recently rewatched Akira on uh, Anime Movie Night. Man, that 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 that's not a good scene. <laughs> not not for the 2020 Olympics anyway. If 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 it more comes to pass than just the Olympics being there, so uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, uh, congratulations to Tokyo. I hope uh, they don't befall any other tragedies before that happens. Well, maybe they'll just have the old Yakuza building. There you go. Sure, built with pride by by your local Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, use. Hey, I got some rebob from the Fukushima area. It's close a little bit, but it still does the trick, and we got it for half the price. Keep so, those... so Yakuza are old timey American radio announcers, kind of, maybe, or he he doing. <laughs> <laughs> from New oh, Jersey our 1930s yeah. gangsters <laughs> pretty much I mean nice but thank you Mr. M121 Akuma for your submission and thank you everybody for all your submissions and if you ever have anything to post up there go to the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the NECA Talk forum and now it's time for one of the low points of the show oh, the boy. hopes and dreams but then it gets higher when Chris crushes them. So now it's time for Hopers and Dreamers Corner with your own Solbro Ryu. Well, welcome everybody to the Hopers and Dreamers Corner with Sober Ryu, and I thank everybody who put in submissions. If you want to have your submissions read on the show, head on over to the NecaTalk.net forum uh, and the Gundam section and add your hopes and dreams to the thread that's there for the Hopers and Dreamers Corner. Our first submission is an oldie but a goodie, a longtime listener of Gundam, Arbiter Gundam, and his hopes and dream is pretty short. He writes, "I hope I get a job back real." <laughs> <laughs> Dreams are died, never will happen. Macross, don't do this. Macross. Keep on, keep on dreaming. <laughs> I want to become the leader of Macross World. <laughs> Arbor is putting in work, man. I hope it takes him somewhere. But uh, he's, he writes, My <laughs> yeah, and, and if it takes him anywhere, he better remember what vehicle he used to get him there. So, hey, uh, hey, you know uh, something got he doing kickback, see? <laughs> I'm sure he'll remember. But uh, he writes, probably not. My dream today is that Blizzard won't make us wait nearly another three years for the final installment of StarCraft II. Kigali is crying, Blizzard. <laughs> and I'm sure she's going to keep on crying because uh, Blizzard is notoriously um, late with their... Or I'd say they're, they notoriously delay their follow-ups and sequels. They don't set a date. They're just done when it's done. And I, I hope you don't have to wait that long. But yeah, that's that's... It sucks to be a fan of Blizzard and, and be waiting on the next game. It sucks when their big cash cow is uh, drying up like a like big time. So it might be uh, you might you might be more worried about if Blizzard's even going to be around in a few years. League of Legends money swooping in. But uh, Chris, any uh, any thoughts, sir? I don't really give two shits about StarCraft. So <laughs> awesome. There you go. That was I, brief I, as hell. I don't even I don't even care enough to want to crush it. That was a brisk oh, crushing. Oh. <laughs> 
awesome. Hell yeah. A, a brisk non-crushing. Well, thank you, Arbiter Gundam, for the Gundam for the submission. And that moves on moves on to uh, our next submission by Die Gundam Lagan. And he writes, Another dream is for condensed remastering of Naruto with all the filler cut out. Better animation and answers to pressing questions the show never answered in their millions of episodes. Basically like Dragon Ball Z Kai, except Naruto. This show would have been freaking amazing if they just condensed it to 50 episodes for both the original and Shippuden. Really, this is the most realistic hope and dream I'll ever ask for. Honestly, I think that will happen, personally. Maybe not down to 50 episodes, but I'm sure that someone's going to want to go back to the well with that show and oh, re-release it in the Kai version. And that that's definitely going to happen. I, I, I'd put money on that. <laughs> And I'm sure many Naruto fans will put money on those box sets. How about but, just no more Naruto ever? Oh, oh that's, that's man. a good hope and dream. <laughs> it, 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 lost, it lost its touch long ago, so mm-hmm. screw that show. Well, Chris, a question for you. Do you think they could do... Well, since I, I'm not watching One Piece, but I know it's a good show, do they ever fall victim of filler? Oh, of course they have filler. Would you think it would be ben- would you think eventually they're going to re-release the show in the Kai version as well? No, because the filler doesn't add up to that much. Ah, okay. So they could. They, they never went and did like a hundred episodes of straight filler like Naruto did. Oh, it sure did. That's a damn shame. The, the <laughs> most filler they've ever they've ever done is about thirteen or so episodes, and that's pretty rare. They do lots of little small filler arcs here and there. Sometimes you don't even notice it. They've they've gotten a lot better about it. So yeah, and I, I don't I don't have a problem. With, you know, I know people are always like filler, filler, filler. But you know, sometimes when you have like a one or two episode like out of the box arc or you know just a one little shoddy thing, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a bad deal because sometimes those those stories can be just as good as you know a great eight episode arc or something. So but hey, there's there's a sucker who will buy Lord everything because yeah. Funimation or Funimation as some might say mm-hmm. they're releasing a new Dragon Ball Z box set oh yeah of the original hacked up episodes oh jeez with the old ocean dub they're actually marketing this like watch this the way you remember with you know ocean voice actors and shitty music and <laughs> editing and <laughs> HLIF and the next dimension and parachutes that's stupid that is so dumb i know what go I already saw posts on various anime sites from people saying that they would buy it just because of nostalgia. Yeah, it's a nostalgia. Oh, it's a nostalgia play. Or because they like the old ocean actors. So there Wait, you go. You know what though? Funimation's I, I already made their money. I can't. I can't really judge them because I went. And I I bought Robotech twice over. So uh, yeah. Although yeah, I, that, Robotech at least is its own story, not just a hacked up version of those shows. Right. That's yeah. true. That's true. I, I guess I could take solace in that. This is just like an inferior, hacked-up version of Dragon Ball made for Saban, and it has no reason to exist. I'm glad. I'm just glad to see that the model has changed, though, because there's shows out there now, like uh, I think Gintama, where it actually stops. They find a stopping point to to stop the show, and they let the manga artists keep uh, get caught up, and then they bring the show back after a hiatus to continue it on, instead of like having forcing the show to keep continuing and doing filler and whatnot, and, and and it's just so stupid for them to 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 reach a point where they catch catch up with the manga artists, and then they got to make up whole story arcs on their own that don't even they're not even canon. 
um, when they could just simply take a break and then bring back the show later on. And, yeah, but and why take a break when you can repackage things like Full Metal Alchemist and stuff like that? <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, why, why would you want no, to take a break? Because, but, because uh, you know what? You, Enough you, of this. You Next hope and dream. I want hey, to man, let me finish my damn thought, damn it. Cut off his mic. Hopes and dreams. I think that's, I think that's the way to go about it. And I'll, I'll, I'll and thank you very much. Shut up. Answer the question. So, bro. Thank you very much, Die Gundam Lagan, for your submission. I think it was a good one. dreams crushing. All right. This is the last one. I guess. I don't want to torture you ass. <laughs> I'm over no, this. I, was, I was wanting uh, to crush more oh. dreams. Oh, were you? Were you? Well, here's, here's a nice, healthy one from Rodimus76, our favorite news hound, man. One of our favorite news hounds. And um, he writes, hey, now, Gundam team. Gundam team. Yep, I finally leaked onto another thread here on Mechatalk. Anyway, in recent years, we have been blessed with good movies such as Lord of the Rings, Ugh. The Dark Knight Trilogy, <laughs> Star Trek, Ugh. Iron Man. Hellboy, Sin City, Watchmen, 300, Dread, Ugh. and The Avengers. Is there a point to listing all of these movies, some of which are not that good at all? Hey, yeah. hey he had a nice potpourri in there. <laughs> <laughs> As geeks, it makes us feel good seeing the mainstream acknowledge these films and it validates all those years during our childhood that we were misunderstood for the things that we liked. Oh. With the upcoming movies like Godzilla, Man of Steel, because this, I guess, was written before Man of Steel came out, uh, Star Trek II, uh, Star Wars 7, Avengers 2, and The Justice League, uh, the future is looking very bright. With Guillermo del Toro's film <laughs> Pacific Rim, it's a dream come true to oh, finally sorry. have. <laughs> is there a point? To, I'm sorry. Is there, is there a. This is, now you've just been going on reading this. Is there a I, point I, to this? I'm almost done. I haven't gotten to the point yet. <laughs> I'm almost there. Is there uh, one? I'm not sure you could find one, even if you tried. <laughs> with del toro's pacific rim coming out uh, it's a dream come true to finally have two genres clash into one single movie giant mecha robot versus kaiju giant monster one could hope that if this movie is successful we might get more big budget productions uh, more big budget budget productions take on this genre guy king has been confirmed and just today a director was named to finally finally direct the long-awaited robotech live action <laughs> Oh, man, you're going to have to keep waiting on that. The Hoper in me wonders if a live-action Gundam movie is now in the realm of possibility. Oh, my even, God. Even if I should dare say it. I'm almost done. This is the last sentence. Even if I should dare say it at the risk of reviving the dream tyrant, <laughs> who is currently dormant, maybe Peter Jackson could get the, could get the live-action Evangelion project Ugh. off of Way to Workshop's drawing boards. Chris, it's all yours. Yeah, go Chris first. <laughs> okay. We appreciate all your news hostings, but... For God's sakes, it took you that long just to get to that stupid question. Oh, damn it. Damn. You know we don't have all freaking night when we record these episodes, right? We, we, we don't. And you could have just listened to, like, the entire show up to now to already know about this question because this is the question we've been hearing from people uh, ever since this freaking show started. And the answer, of course, is no. No, 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 no. Stop asking. Especially since now we live in the post-Pacific Rim world. Everyone and- just keeps thinking, no, if Transformers is successful, maybe we'll see all of these you know, other robot movies. Well, all we've gotten so far is Pacific Rim, and that didn't do oh so well in America. So there, there you go. There's been some mixed um, results. Like, um, Robo, what's that Robo Jocks movie with, uh, with Hugh Jackman? That movie actually did considerably well. But that was like the only other thing I can think of besides Transformers that's performed. And, that's... Small robot. Yeah, and actually, I want to um, I want to address something that he said earlier in his thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but go ahead with you guys if you need to say anything more on this topic. No, I mean, honestly, yeah, we live in a, a, a post-Pacific Rim world. And, Do we? Uh, Is that like a post-9-11 world? <laughs> it's a much better place. The world changed when, when uh, Pacific Rim came out. I, I think the movie the movie's starting to to at least um, get into the black now. But it, 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 it took a long time getting there. And although it did well in... Um, in foreign markets i don't know if we're gonna see a sequel or any kind of a type of movie like that anytime soon it's gonna have to be in very special hands i i think for it to take off and that's for gundam man i think we're still wait, gonna wait for that for quite a long time i, th- I think i think you'd be a better chance. chance of getting it on dvd first <laughs> a re-release of the gundam cartoons or animes on that now something i wanted to talk as he said earlier was the mainstream acknowledges these films and validates all of the years of our childhood that were misunderstood for things like this. Now, all these films now are mainstream. So, I mean, that, that's what it is. I mean, this whole like thing with all of these, especially these old properties that are now where comic books or graphic novels and stuff, yeah. they're very mainstream now. I'm going to say a very controversial thing. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is mainstream. It's, oh, not, it is. it's not. No, it's not geek culture. Oh, Everybody yeah. thinks it's geek culture. No, maybe your degree of going into the books and stuff might be uh, geek culture. Yeah, but, your mileage may vary. But your tr- your your prequel trilogies, your regular trilogies, this new trilogy, it's mainstream movie. Star Trek starting to become a mainstream movie. Iron Man is a mainstream movie now. Yeah, but they're yeah. modern day myths now. So like everybody knows, it has some kind of knowledge of Star well, Trek, my, Star my, Wars, and but and my comics. my point is is part yeah. of the the part of the geek culture needs to just get to this point where the things that 10 years ago that you loved or you grew up as a kid and you felt like you were getting ostracized about it that you know now everybody accepts it and you know the mainstream accepts it no it became mainstream so i think that's what everybody needs to kind of sit there and realize and um yeah Mm -hmm. So, well, I, my I point in addition to that is just because mm-hmm. one thing becomes popular, don't think that that means everything under yeah. the sun slightly That's related it. to that will become popular. There's never, ever, 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 ever <laughs> going to be a live action American Gundam movie. Get the hell over it, people. And I'm not just targeting this at Mr. Rodimus. This is every completely ridiculous, blind, moronic hoper and dreamer out there. There may be something. I'm not talking about our listeners. I mean just people on the internet at large. Mm -hmm. And I mean the only thing you might get is something loosely – some story loosely based on the Gundam mythos, maybe Universal Century, Earth versus Space or something like that. But yes – I agree. You're not going to see the RX-78-2 fighting, you know, the, the freaking Zeong at a bow coup. You know, you're not going to get that stuff recreated. You might get something that's kind of been loosely based off of it. But yeah, something that's inspired. I think there's a chance of seeing I don't that. even know. I don't even know about inspired. Lightly inspired. Yeah, but like not, just, not, not like, not like, um, like you can easily tell. No. I, I do think it's nice to live in a world now where people know what you're into and actually have a, a vague idea of what, what you were so hype about 10 years ago. I, I think who really he's cares? excited to be in that world. Who really, who really cares who about cares? that? Who cares? Why do people you, need to you know sound what like, you like? Yeah, you I'm, sound, I'm like, you sound like all the music people that are uh-huh. like, oh, well, this band's so popular now, but yo, you know, I knew them when it was 10 years ago. You know what, though? You bring up a good point about music because honestly, um, I, felt like a, I felt like I was the only one at, at one time back in the day listening to groups like A Tribe Called Quest and whatnot now and now a lot of people know about them so i'm glad that they're being but, appreciated but i'm glad cares? that things are but who too. cares at this point i, I care life. to some degree i mean not not on a whole but, but not, not my life on better, on it. but that does that put but, you on a better plane 
if you than those people? Who cares? If you like what you like, does it matter if anyone else knows what you like? As long I, as you like it, I enjoy the fact that they're getting acknowledged now. So that's that's what that's the, well, that's that's the pleasure fine. I get. That's out of fine it. for them as far as they're concerned. But I mean, but you're yeah. talking about like you know fans. I mean, dude, yeah. what does it matter to you personally? What, that what does that do? That? Does that does that make you like a tribe called Quest any more now than that the mainstream people are sitting back going, wow, you know what, this group was really good. Does yeah. that does that in, make your enjoyment of anything? No, it doesn't. I no, mean, it, it doesn't change me all that much. But I, I, I just, I've been an Iron I'm Man. I'm happy to see. Yeah, it's, so, it's you know, cool. It's, it's but, not it's, it's not changed the trajectory of my life. I'm yeah, just saying that, that but, it's it's a cool moment to have when you hear overhear people talking about something that you you know thought was just an underground thing. So you know, it's just it's, it's it's not it, though. I mean, nothing is underground, especially in today's society now with yeah. YouTube and all and this other internet. stuff. Nothing's underground anymore. Underground yeah. when everybody thinks of underground underground was when bands were going out and actually playing and going from club to club and from city to city and Mm -hmm. doing all this stuff now something gets released on youtube people don't even have to go out and tour anymore before their internet sensations and stuff like that themselves yeah but the thing is is it doesn't matter that it's just one of these things where everybody's gotta have well i liked it before anybody else did Mm -hmm. who the hell really cares (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really give a shit. The only thing I, the only thing I have an issue with is when people try to be like they try to act like they know something more than they do. And I'll use the example of like Iron Man. I've been an Iron Man fan, a comic book reader for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I don't care if people are out there. I don't care if you started like an Iron Man at Iron Man three or two or one. I don't really give a shit. But when you start Iron acting, Man three, worst movie ever, Mandarin. But, <laughs> but, but the but the problem, but the Mandarin. But the problem I have with it is is, uh, is douchebaggy hipsters that try to act like they know more than what they do, and then they start poo pooing on people like, "Oh well, I really I liked it then," blah blah blah. And you mm-hmm. you know that's that's the thing. But back to full circle on this, mm-hmm. none of this stuff in the geek culture anymore is mainstream. When you read this stuff, when you read about this stuff in nationally uh, national websites and it's on news channels and all of this stuff, it's not mainstream. Or it's not, it's not underground. It's mainstream now. Sorry. Oh. That's just how it is. Hey, I'm glad it's in, it's in the spotlight now. That's all I can say. And well said, Neil. Yeah. And, so and, stupid. I'm tired of hearing <laughs> about all this. Man. Rodimus76, thank you for the submission. And that brings the Hopers and Dreamers corner to an end. Just I the joy my stuff. <laughs> Neil, is back, back to you, sir. Oh, my God. Chris, old-timey hour. Get us out of this funk. <laughs> All right. You can drop submissions in the old timey drama hour submission thread, and we've got two. First one comes from Project Five, so let's see what we got here. A massive deep space mining ship goes dark after unearthing a strange artifact on a distant planet. Engineer Isaac Clark embarks on the repair mission only to uncover a nightmarish bloodbath. The ship's crew horribly slaughtered and infected by an alien scourge. Now Isaac is cut off, trapped, and engaged in a desperate fight for survival. Dead space, the space where you die. <laughs> Where you die. I, I, I threw in that last bit just for Nice. That. Oh, I was about to say, I'm like, I can't remember if that was what was on the back of that thing or not. That's hilarious. It's pretty fantastic. The next one we have comes from EA Net Dude. This might sound familiar to some people, but it is kind of obscure, so bear with me here, because this is like really reaching out into the to the weeds here. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars. 
It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races home aboard her starship, custodian of stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. That's the opening blurb, isn't it? I, I don't know. I, I've never heard of this before. Sounds pretty pretty <laughs> obscure to me, so I don't I don't know uh, what this. You sure? So it sounds like a pretty well known movie to me. Oh, no, I never pretty heard mainstream. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and it comes back to one. <laughs> I, I, I think it's some kind of ripoff of Buck Rogers or something, you know, which is so huge and well known and has so many sequels and spinoffs. Who knew? Video games, indeed, or Flash Gordon. <laughs> That too. Or in nice. Fortress or whatever. Awesome. Now I want to watch that movie. <laughs> that was Queen that did that, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That's the only thing good about that movie. Damn. That movie's pretty shit. Hey, man. Make the Merciless. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but the movie's pretty shit. So, Chris, anything else in the old timey corner? That's it for the old timey corner. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Solbro. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone out there. And we'll be going to our first and only extended topic, Peter. And. <laughs> No, 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 oh no. In a little bit, you're listening to Gundam and MHQ. Hey, this is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. What do the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony? If you're a dude older than 12, <laughs> you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when I was a, when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying that like My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month. I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. End of discussion! Debate is over, you will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology! You will kowtow, you will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get me... Get used to it, it's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then goddammit, start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Welcome back to Gundam. We're going to jump into 
our only topic this episode, the extended segment. Mm-hmm. Oh. We're going to be discussing the manga Ganota no Onna, which uh, you could translate to uh, Gundam Otaku Girl. This is a comedy manga that ran for three volumes in Gundam Ace by Sabishi Uroaki. So sort of along the lines of another gag manga like, say, Gundam Sose, which we already covered, or the upcoming... Uh, crazy-looking Gundam apartment. Can't wait for that. So, definitely a break from your typical ace manga. And the story is set in the real world, and it follows a young woman named Ganota Utsuki, mm-hmm. who is a uh, salary woman at a big-time company called Zoom Inc. Mm. Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and the thing about Ganota is, on the outside, she's this attractive woman in her 20s. She seems that she's pretty good at the job that she does. The secret that she harbors on the inside though is that she is a massive Gundam otaku, particularly a Xeon otaku and specifically a Char otaku. Oh man. Char fangirl. She (laughs) is a Char fangirl to a frightening degree. So her whole thing is that because she was ostracized as a child in high school for being a Gundam otaku, she desperately hides that in the closet because she doesn't want her co-workers to know and there's this co-worker she has this cute guy named Kishiri, who uh, she's got the hots for, and she doesn't want him to know, especially because, as we learn later, he has Gundam PTSD. (laughs) What a condition to have. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, one of the running storylines in this is her constant competition for Kishiri's affections with her frenemy Makabe. Nice. Who also is a Gundam otaku, and if her name didn't give it away, and her haircut didn't, and the vase didn't, <laughs> she clearly is supposed to be a female version of Makuve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because everyone that you see in a, uh, every named character, pretty much, in Zoom Inc., is a Zionic character turned female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For example, the company president, uh, Mokren Zavi. Zavi. <laughs> is a female lesbian version of Garen. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> There's the super tough and busty Tozel, who is a uh, <laughs> female version of Dozel. That beautiful mullet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the very bouncy and annoying Carla is a female version of Garma. Mm-hmm. And they have a... <laughs> <laughs> even have a dead sibling named Cicero who was assassinated. That's so terrible. <laughs> it's awesome, actually. Holy yes. stuff. It's like they're going really obscure here. <laughs> so they have a rival company called Federation Inc. Mm-hmm. And they have a saleswoman who's known as the White Devil because she steals contracts. Mm-hmm. And her name is Amuru. Mm-hmm. No joke. Amuru Mine. <laughs> And later on, there's a story arc where the two of them are competing to build uh, the next generation fighter for the SDF. And Zoom has um, the DOP. (laughs) (laughs) And Federation has the core fighter. Oh, my gosh. Those things should not even be able to get off the ground. (laughs) Which becomes a Gundam. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Well, we'll get to that. So aside from all the gags of uh, Ganota trying to keep her otaku nature hidden, you have um, a rather amusing addition 
to the story when she's tasked with taking care of a precocious and extremely violent young girl named Lala, mm-hmm. who happens to look like a certain Indian new type. <laughs> so Ganata proceeds to dress her in Lala's dress mm-hmm. and put a dot on her forehead. So demeaning. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> Which, you know, she embraces and sticks with for, for the majority of... Uh, of her time in the series. Mm-hmm. So there is no real storyline per se. You have a couple of threads, you know, the romance thread of Ganota and Makabe constantly competing. There, the storyline, if anything, is there's a five-part arc of uh, Zoom and Federation competing for that fighter contract, mm-hmm. which um, both companies blow because first Ganota, she, uh, she starts basically yelling at people when they ask her tough questions. <laughs> And then um, on the Federation side, Amaru, at the suggestion of her boss, who is a female bright, mm-hmm. which is oh. a very scary proposition. That yeah. was. <laughs> told her, hey, just BS these guys and just lie about everything as long as we get the contract. So she goes buck wild and lies about the core fighter saying it can transform. And when she's asked what would be the point of it transforming she just goes full in on the lions like because it turns into a condom (laughs) that pressure (laughs) yes so then as the story winds down we uh we find out some more about uh, ganota's past about how uh, she had to uh, put her Gundam love aside because she wasn't doing well in high school. We learned this because uh, her brother, who works for Federation, hates her. Oh, my God. Because all of the money spent to get her tutors because she failed her entrance exams two years in a row meant that he couldn't have money from his parents to go to college, so mm. he, he abhors her for that. Oh, yeah. Um, at the end of the series, it's revealed in front of uh, Kishiri that she is an otaku, and uh, he says that he doesn't care. Ooh. So just as he's running out to tell her her feelings, unfortunately, she gets run over by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> And in the very last chapter, which also goes mega obscure by being called Afrancia Ganota, mm-hmm. she wakes up from cryogenic freeze 20 years in the future and finds that Lala is a grown woman and a doctor now and that the entire world has changed and that there's like little like SDGM police running around the world now. <laughs> And everything is weird, and everyone's old now, and uh, (laughs) it turns out also that Kishiri, who came from a wealthy family, spent all of his money developing cryogenic stasis and was the test subject, so he's been frozen all this time as well, and that is where the series ends. So, Sobro, your your thoughts on Ganota no Onna? Well, uh, when reading this, I ran through this in a, in, in, a, in a day, which is not hard to do because it's only three volumes. But yeah, it was it was an absolute treat to read this, man. Um, I, it's it's a lot of fun when you read this to to point out all the analogs to 
who you know from Mobile Suit Gundam, like uh, as you mentioned, that Ganoda is uh, based a lot on uh, Shar, um, and then Makabe. Although she looks, she 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 looks a lot like Katagina. Yeah, she does. Right, and there's jokes about Katagina in this story. Um, One of the best parts is when they're interviewing people (laughs) for when when they they have interviews for new employees for Zoom. She's eliminating all of the Gundam otaku because she wants to decrease the risk of being found out. Exactly. <laughs> they make references to to seed to X. Like, there's a lot of shots fired <laughs> at yeah. other Gundam series in this. One of the best scenes is when uh, Makube and uh, Ma- sorry Makabe and uh, Uraga are are getting together with an old college chum. Her name is uh, Furi Arisu, and um, she opens up her phone and shows a picture of uh, of Kira in there, and, and and reveals that she's a big Seed fan. And they just both uh, well, uh, Makabe just like shits on her. <laughs> The way you'd expect in in any Gundam forum, yeah, online, exactly. Because uh, of course, Makabe is a huge UC fan, so you you see the divide between the fandoms within Gundam in this story, and it's an absolute treat to see. Uh, one of my favorite parts was uh, when when they introduced Carla, because I you know I'm all about some Garma. So when Carla's dumb self was introduced, and she got she got um. Um, she was made the test the test driver for that new Gundam quotable GPS that they were that Blue Electronics was trying to market. <laughs> she crashed her car, which is called the Gal. So it's a, just a big send up to when um, Shar got uh, Garma to crash his. Uh, he tried to crash his ship, and or when when Shar tried to kill Garma, basically, although it wasn't intentional in this story, but it's still just as funny. And then the very next chapter is almost like an analog to uh, Garma's funeral, except it's Carla's recovery. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you get to see her dad and all that stuff the, the characters in this are amazing uh i i if you are a mobile suit gundam fan of universal century or just across the board you you'll dig this story because of all the different things they point out um some of the other there's about I'm, a zillion references i mean there's oh, like there's yeah, one there's... panel where she's sitting in a park mm-hmm. and there's these three kids running around and they all look suspiciously familiar yeah especially <laughs> the one who's wearing uh, a wife beater and spandex shorts nice <laughs> freaking l <laughs> But you know, also, um, what was? Oh, you mean uh, it, it was a guy hero. that looked like like a uh, hero? Yeah, yeah, hero. that's right, that's right. I'm there's thinking a, there's a kid who yeah, looked like a hero. I, could, I missed that actually. <laughs> it's pretty hard to miss. Oh damn it, man. Um, but yeah, uh, the one of the cooler scenes was when um when when uh Seiya, who is uh Ganoda's brother and is, of course a male analog for Sailor, that shit when he finally revealed him, I died laughing the way he looked. I just couldn't I couldn't stop myself. His character is one of the best characters in the series and when um he's telling Lala about his his sister's past and the fact that he got screwed out of his uh chance to be um a doctor basically because his parents spent all their money on their daughter's models and um also for her getting caught up on her schoolwork when she realized she was so behind in her schooling that she had to go to cram school in order to get caught up and actually get accepted into college she pretty much burned through all the money they saved up for him to go to go to college so he he holds that that chip on the shoulder pretty much the rest of uh the rest of their relationship and and, and his name is her... likely also a double joke because mm-hmm. uh saint seiya was voiced also by toru furuya oh yeah holy shit <laughs> I wow that, that that that's a pretty that's a that's a pretty deep in joke then um but his character was amazing and 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 I I like the the back and forth that he and Lala had outside of that I I can go on but I I won't I won't say everything I'll pass the mic back to you Chris Neo your your thoughts on Ganota I know you didn't make it all the way to the end but you did make it through most of the series so what yes you think? I I was going to um make that admission I I, I pulled a sobro oh what, boy. what used to be called pulling a sobro welcome to the team um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I had some uh, work travel to do, work travel slash personal travel, and mm-hmm. I thought I was able to get it, but I got through most of it, and I got through to the point where the next generation final proposals are going on and stuff like that, and yeah, I mean, it's a real easy read, and it is just uh, completely funny that I, I think what makes it... <clears throat> Even funnier is if you've ever worked in a professional setting, which uh, Zoom Inc. is uh, kind of like. Um, the barely. Fact, kinda, yeah, barely. But, you know, initially <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because you do have people like that once you get to know them that are secretly hiding some of this stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it, it, for me on that aspect, it's one of these situations where like, wow, I can understand, maybe not necessarily personally, because sometimes I really don't care. But I know with uh, other coworkers of mine, sometimes it's, uh, you know, from my current and previous jobs where you would have it where like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm really big into this. And you're, you're kind of sitting there going, wow, I never <laughs> thought you would be that big into something like that. It's like you you really put on such a great a great mask or, you know, such a, such a great cover up on that mm. and um, or in some cases literally a mask <laughs> literally a mask yeah um but my god yeah i mean the what what got me taken so long to reading it it is a quick read when it comes to uh the actual you know the action and the, and the dialogue in it but i was going through and especially like when they're in the park scenes like you mentioned those kids and stuff and there's especially they be in crowds you start seeing all these things i would start looking at them like wow that that, that looks familiar oh my god that's that or you know and and that's where it was kind of taking me forever to kind of getting through it because realistically there's about a zillion references there's a zillion references in there and it's one of these it's one of these things where something will happen or something will be said and you'll go back and read it that was the other thing i was i felt i felt myself going back and rereading panels and rereading pages a lot so part of it was um i blame it on you know some some stuff uh, in my personal and professional life but a lot of it was i was just going back and trying to absorb as much as there is and there's just countless i mean the whole the whole strategy and all the plans that they were doing when they were trying to do the uh, presentations for the next generation fighter and stuff are just amazing i mean the fact that they're trying to get a merger between zoom and uh the federation (laughs) corporation is just hilarious and the fact that yeah uh amuro's a uh, boss is just like you know, uh, uh, Mrs. Bright. There is just like you know, just just we got to get this contract no matter what. You say whatever. The whole thing of her saying, "Yeah, you got this core fighter," and then it goes like this, and then all of a sudden it tra- it, it it goes up into it transforms down into this like little block thing. What's it do? Oh well, it goes into a Gundam. They're like. Oh my God! A Gundam, amazing! Like you that was know, some white-based desperation. It was definitely <laughs> some white-based desperation. But yeah, I mean, it, you're just sitting there. I mean, that that whole that whole thing, and it's got the best uh, rendition of Lala ever. You actually enjoy this one. You think oh. she's cute. Um, you would be sad if she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, it, it and was, she grows it, up pretty nicely, as as you haven't seen. She, well, yeah, she, she grows up probably pretty nicely, and probably not a manipulative bitch like the one in um in uh, Universal Century, right? Nice. You know, playing two guys against each other. So she's too blunt to be manipulative. <laughs> and and who? Uh, what what was the Gearin? 
woman called? Her name Mokrin. Was Mokrin, Mokrin. Yeah. She was the one that was in love with Gonoda too, because she was. Well, she, well, not in love. She, she was just a lesbian. So her, she, yeah, well, she like attacked I mean, yeah. every woman in the office. Practically, her old secretary pool. One of the best. Her, her pool of private secretaries, which itself is a joke about Garen and oh, yeah. um, his secretary Cecilia Irene from the novels and the movies. There, there's a scene where um, before the actual interviews go down. They have to restrain her because, you know, she would be too excited to go to the interviews to, to hire all the pretty women. So they had to, they had to have her uh, sit, that, sit that shit out because they, um, they didn't want her to monopolize the, uh, the, new, the new employees. So they, uh, they get Ganoda and, and two other people to go in there and do it. And <laughs> I'm sure it would have been funny if, if Mokrin got the chance to do it, but she got denied. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, it's like you said, Chris. It, it's one of these situations where uh, this is really something where you want to go in with an open mind and just enjoy all the references it's it's an entertaining story uh it's not going to change the world but there's so much in there and so much hilarity and especially if you sat there and have watched all of gundam like you know most of us have done and just it's it's almost like where's waldo not where's mm-hmm. wallace but where's waldo of gundam references so um yeah, back, back, back to you, Chris. Yeah, you know, it, it's definitely a love letter to Gundam fans, especially longtime fans who have seen everything because pretty much everything gets referenced down to some obscure stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the fact that the last chapter's title is a reference to Gaia Gear is pretty damn obscure. And, and that's something I really oh. appreciated because, you know, sometimes that, you, you know, uh, you can have these homages or the, you know, the satirical um, things to. Uh, franchises like this and sometimes they focus on maybe something that's more popular or something like that i really appreciated the fact that they you know it's easy for them just to do a mobile or universal century centric story like this but the fact that they were including everything else i think is what really makes it uh that much better sprinkles from sprinkles from everywhere including g gundam yeah so um there's a lot of little moments that, that are just hilarious we've mentioned. One that jumped out at me was uh, she's walking through the streets and she sees this couple uh, in front of a hobby shop talking about uh, Double O. Mm-hmm. And they're both Gunam Otaku. And she's just hit with this massive like epiphany like, there's Gunam Otaku couples? I never realized I had that option. <laughs> And, and it just hits her like, I could have been surrounded by Gundam Otaku and had an Otaku boyfriend, and then I wouldn't have to live this life. Exactly. Way <laughs> but, too late in the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in essence, if you look at this, it's basically office space with Gundam. Mm-hmm. And yes, as ridiculous and out there as it is, there is certainly some truth to it because. You know, in a whole bunch of past jobs, you know, when I've been new somewhere, I'm at the outset pretty conservative about revealing what sorts of nerdy things I'm into until I feel people out and get an idea of what they're into. Right. Show me yours first, right? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, and I mean, sometimes, especially when you start a new job, that's the last thing on your mind. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's so much other stuff going on that it's like... But you don't, you don't want to make, yeah. make a bad impression because yeah. you never get an, a second opportunity to make a first impression. Yeah, you're just trying to get past that probation. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have to work with people, you don't want them to think that you're a weirdo day in and day out. Absolutely. So, you know, her... The extreme lengths that she goes to to hide her Gundam otaku-ness 
are amusing, even though they're ultimately futile, given that, you know, she always wears a red dress. Um, her ringtone is Shar is coming. <laughs> exactly. Which yeah. when it goes off, like all these guys are in the office are like, that sounds familiar. Where I can't place it, but I know I've heard that somewhere before. Mm-hmm. And, and when she and when she tries when she stops wearing the red suits, everybody completely notices like and she's always like off her game too. Yeah. It's like <laughs> and then and then they're like you know, they, they comment, they're like, Oh, you know, when she was wearing the her suit, she was always three times better at doing this and blah 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 and it's like mm-hmm. It's just hilarious. <laughs> I also love um, the fact that she's such a Char fangirl that she has this strict stance on refusing to build non-Zeon kits and oh, the gosh. sort of like tortured justification she has to go through just to build the Zeta Gundam. She's like, well, this one's okay, I guess. It did fight for our side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then what makes it even better is she goes, she has the same frustration that anybody's ever built a Zeta kit is going through. It's like, oh my God, there's a lot of parts here. What do I do first? Let me just do the feet. And then, <laughs> and it just goes disastrously with like little yeah. parts missing. And then she ends up basically like stripping down naked because she thinks a part got in her clothes. And then her mom walks in and it's just. <laughs> crazy awkward i do enjoy the um the constant competition between her and makabe and mm-hmm. the fact that makabe completely hates her but that ganota is so oblivious that she thinks of makabe as her best friend yeah nice. almost the same kind of tension between Shar and makabe in the tv show <laughs> yeah or that makabe has her uh her little lackey uh Uragan, who mm-hmm. of course is a female version of makabe's lackey Uragan. oh my gosh and the little like side thing about how she starts wearing the Shar mask and it completely changes her character i wish she kept it on man she was so awesome (laughs) and then as soon as it was taken off of her she just became like meek and shy again why am i wearing this short dress She freaked out like she was naked. <laughs> she was she, she was like multitasking, writing up uh, sales reports while making calls at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. she's doing everything perfectly with that mask and then poof, all gone. At least her bangs grew back. <laughs> yeah. A few of the jokes get a little old as it stretches out, like, you know, everything about Kishiri and his Gundam PTSD or Mokren and, you know, just the stereotype of the predatory gay person who's always yeah. just waiting to rape as many straight people as they can. It's like, yeah. okay, we know we know japan that you like this unfortunate joke (laughs) don't keep running it into the ground it's not it's not that great to begin with Mm -hmm. don't use it every freaking chapter practically whenever this woman shows up hey maybe maybe uh tozel is 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 the if she if she also is a lesbian then um maybe uh maybe she's the the normal one (laughs) out of the two who knows well, maybe not but who knows but i would definitely recommend not to own that to any hardcore gundam fan mm-hmm. you know if you want something that's a change of pace from all of the serious business of um your typical gundam war stories or from all of the crap astray spin-offs that have just continued to be crapped out over the years or any of that other junk then this is for you it's got a lot of good laughs and you know it's just a light breezy read it's not very long i mean you got three volumes here that's not very much no it's 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 a, it's a quick read um, um any any thoughts from you guys about namba no <laughs> worst name ever <laughs> she was like the president of blue electronics and i I still don't understand why she pretty much got away with dropping off some some strange kid in (laughs) 
in Ganoda's lap, and as like Ganoda got to got yeah. to be a, got to be a mother for a few months, I suppose. But um, it, for it the worked. Lulls. It, it for the lulls. It worked out well. But it's like if you think about it, it's like how is what she leaves this kid home alone. <laughs> What is she, all of, like, seven? This, this kid with, like, very serious behavioral issues. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But damn, she can cook. <laughs> Attacking that guy, bringing her the cookies. The best the best part with Lala, my favorite part, is when she's fighting against um, Seiya, and, and yeah. they keep they keep discovering rooms in the house, because oh, she, yeah. she keeps doing dragon kicks through walls. It's like, That's, oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, freaking Seiya. He's, 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 managing, he's managing to fend her off, but barely, and she's saying, damn he's good he keeps reading my moves and she's like she kicks she does a jump kick at him she goes through a wall and the wall has a secret door that like spins her right through the wall and <laughs> they keep discovering shit and it's it's it makes for a great chapter it's the first chapter of book three and it's a funny uh thing between the two of them but yeah i also Lala. love um the moment during the the arc about the fighter mm-hmm. where Kenalta hears like oh um you know your your brother had a message that um you know your dad's been hospitalized and she's like oh whatever yeah you're just trying to sabotage me before we pitch this fighter and then she gets there and it's like uh, oh where's my brother it's like oh did, didn't he tell you your father was hospitalized and he just got on a plane to head over there and she's like oh crap my dad really is in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face, and then you see you see Tolls will carry her off. It's like let's go. <laughs> it's too late for that shit now. You got a presentation to do, man. Yep. So, anyone else have any final thoughts on Ganota no Onna? Besides the rating, uh, are we are we giving it a rating? Yes. All right. Um, I'll no, we're mine. not giving it a rating. Nice, nice. I've got to compare it to uh, to the other manga that we read. So um, I I would definitely give this four for um, dragon kicks from from Lala out of five. <laughs> All right, I will give this item four badly cooked red curry dishes out of five. There you go, with some plastic parts in it. With some gunpla parts thrown in. (laughs) Gosh. And, the secret ingredient. And even though my review would be kind of incomplete since I haven't re- uh, read all of it, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, if it continues to be what I've read up to this point, which is more than over half of it, um, mm. I would give this uh, <laughs> four uh, red power suits out of five. Yeah, at least you, you read the first two volumes, so that's like two yeah. uh, the two the two thirds. Yeah, I got I got most of it. Like I said, it's just my issue was st- after like about after like the first chapter. Like I said, I started noticing all the references, and I'm actually like going through and pointing them out. And I was going back and reading stuff a lot. Nice. I, I'd, I'd like read a page and like wait a second. You know how you you'll read it, you'll click it, and then you go to the next page. You're like wait a second, let me just go back real quick. That really happened. And then you're sitting there going through it again. So, yeah. Well, um, unfortunately, Gauta no Ona has not been officially released, but um, methods are plentiful. So uh, that's all I'll say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just didn't re- start reading Japanese. <laughs> it's it's under the publisher Google. <laughs> You'll find it. <laughs> there you go. And with that, we will wrap up this segment and be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ.
Gears of War 3 and 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You can't fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at SecondOpinionGames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you've never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop to Second Opinion. So stop by SecondOpinionGames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Here's to being dead. You're taking this extremely well. Taking what extremely well? That I'm here. I don't give a goddamn if you're dead. Or time traveling or... Ghost of Christmas past. All I care about is this whiskey. So bottoms up. Get the hell out of my house. Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. Uh, you're listening to episode 131, and in this episode, we actually had an extended segment. That's right, extended, Peter. You're welcome. <coughs> We talked about Ganota no Ona. Um, I, I translated um, in some ways, it's a Gundam Otaku Girl, and um, it's a three-volume manga series that is a, a parody manga of Mobile Suit Gundam and, and an office comedy. You should definitely check it out if you can find it. And before we close out this episode, you guys know what's coming, man. We're opening up that bag, and welcome to the mailbag, guys. I pass the mic over to our postmaster, Chris. All right, well, we're going to skip the voicemails because we're running a little bit late today, but you can drop those at... 305-792-8324 you can also leave us questions in the regular mailbag at the mechatalk.net thread so we're going to start off with uh, Mr. Bushido oh. who has two questions he says number one in Super Robot Wars Z2 
The Zero system was built by Celestial Being, but the five Gundam scientists took the system and built Wing Zero around it. The Zero system and twin drives were originally meant to be on the same mobile suit. How destructive do you think the Double O Riser, Double O Quanta, or Wing Zero would be if the two features were actually applied in the same suit? And who would be the better pilot, Hero or Setsuna? Hmm. Well, they'd be pretty damn destructive, but clearly the better pilot would be Setsuna because Hero has no aspiration to become Gundam. <laughs> He's not bringing his A game. I mean, he blows up Gundam. Yeah. Setsuna would never do that. And the, the other thing is, is Hero's got that PTSD of killing that little girl and her dog. Oh, yeah. And Setsuna doesn't have that. He, sh- he shot mom and dad. And kept going, so he's got no problem with that. On, on top of that, uh, to me, uh, Setsuna doesn't doesn't suffer from I want to kill myself every other episode syndrome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's, I give it up to Setsuna as well on that one. He, he grew yeah. out of that phase. Number two, the Wing Boys in the Geass universe. Would they be helping Zero slash Lelouch, or would they each be doing their own thing? Their guns would completely annihilate everything? Yes. Well, in that... <laughs> Well, I mean, considering what the the the, uh, the nightmares are only like fifteen meters tall or something like that, so yeah, I think a they're more like foot. six or seven meters. If well, yeah, so yeah, so they're they're small. So I mean, you're in, you're Maybe putting on like cockroaches, exactly. <laughs> and would they be? I think they actually. I think you'd have three factions on that. You'd probably have probably hero and duo with zero. Of course, Wu Fei would probably do his own thing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to go do his own thing. And um, I don't know about Troa and, well, Tro- uh, Catra would just be sitting there being, you know, why do we got to do this all the time? So, <laughs> And Troa would just join the circus. Yeah, Tro- Troa would just join the Area 11 circus. So, there you yeah. go. <laughs> I'd actually be doing like four different things, yeah. Okay, so, Sobro, your, your thoughts on the Wing Boys? I-, I think they would definitely do their own thing. Um I think that uh, Wu Fei would probably join up with Lelouch because he's always joining up with the person who's starting shit. <laughs> really, um, you don't you don't see a Hero or Duo doing that because I could see them more so than Wu Fei because Wu Fei was more all about himself. Where those guys, they were probably the most you know socially conscious of of the especially especially mm-hmm. Duo. I think I could see Duo trying to help subjugated people. I don't know. I think Duo would go to the European front if I if anything. I think he would he'd hang around there and and get involved on that because uh it's Ooh, it's crossover Akito the Exile. There you go. There you go. Hang Coming out with up the soon on the next Gundam. <laughs> Each with the Kido and those guys and um yeah um, uh, of course uh my man Troy would be at the circus and uh I never knew he was your man. He's my man. That's that's my favorite of the five boys, man. That's that's my boy right there. Um, God, it should have died. <laughs> You've got a point, but I'm glad he lived. And then Catra, he would just continue sucking. And <laughs> and who does that leave us left? We got Duo. I think uh, Wu Fei. Wu Fei. Yeah, Wu Fei would join up with uh, Lelouch because, like I said, he's always he's always going around joining up with the person who's always starting ship. Hero is the one I didn't figure out. Um, Hero, um, he would have blown himself up first episode. So there you go. <laughs> Success. That would be a wrap. <laughs> so, assuming that Lulush didn't geese any of them, mm-hmm. and they're just going off of their own free will, I would say Hero would do his own stuff just because he's predisposed to do that. Mm-hmm. 
Our next question is from EA Net Dude, who says, In episode 127, Chris stated that Marvel Studios would get the rights to Spider-Man, X-Men, and Fantastic Four before James Cameron makes his Battle Angel film. Where does the infamous Gundam Seed Eternity movie factor into this realm of improbabilities? <laughs> well, I would say that this, Robotech, live-action Robotech, and live-action Evangelion, and Gundam Seed all get made before Battle Angel. Damn. <laughs> I'd, I'd agree with that. that yeah. That's that's true. <laughs> that's true. I'd agree I, with that. I don't think we'll see that Battle Engine movie in my lifetime. Period. It's not happening. J- James Cameron, you can keep promising and promising, but I think he'll die before he ever makes that movie. You're yeah. in because now he's talking about a, an Avatar four. Yeah, you're in the Avatar vortex for life, bro. You're done. What happens when you get in with those blue space cats? We'll see another Aliens from him before we see Battle Angel. Guaranteed. <laughs> and I'm the hoper and dreamer on this show. <laughs> I, I would not want to see an aliens from him. I actually don't want to see anything from him ever again after Avatar. Oh, damn, man. Damn, he burned you too? Shit. At least Neo didn't see it. <laughs> so, next we have some questions from Yokozuna Budalter who says, Hello! Oh, oh. Number one. Name the ideal city and voice actor worthy of being Fortress Maximus. Say Lord Bay decides to put the jolly giant Cybertronian in his next TF film. Mm. Okay, so uh, being cars and everything, Mm -hmm. I think you got to represent and uh, do Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) The most, what's he going to be like, Jetfire all broken down and crap? Like. Hey, no, they're going to the film Batman versus Superman. So exactly. (laughs) And, you know, as far as an actor who just has the the gravitas to play a character that big and intimidating, I would say, uh, of course, Keith David. Yes, indeed. Man, that powerful ass voice. I, I, I agree. I agree. That's a good choice. All right. So, gentlemen, your selections. Um, after seeing Hong Kong get destroyed in Pacific Rim, it's a nice shiny city with a with a lot of color and vibrancy to it, and uh, and neat, unique, and and nice buildings. I, I would say Hong Kong would be the city I would like to see be Fortress Maximus and the voice, um, Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. Uh, I can't beat Keith David, so I have to go. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to move a little bit lower. Good, but good choice. Good choice. Neil? Actually, I will take a page out of Dexter, and I'll say it's Miami, but it'll actually be Long Beach. Mm. And <laughs> the person I want to voice it, somebody who's done films, mm-hmm. not very good ones sometimes. Mm-hmm. Why not the big Aristotle, Shaquille O'Neal? There you go. <laughs> the big Aristotle. <laughs> hey, hey Megatron. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. <laughs> It's, tra- it's transformer time. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, I'm going to unleash some Transformers foo on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd have that Buick. Yeah, he'd have that Buick car that he does the things for. You know, he, he's great in commercials, though. I got to give it up to him, man. Well, everything would be a commercial. Yeah, you got it. You got it. He'd be, be like Bumblebee because Bumblebee gets his voice back, right? Wait, that's Transformer Prime. Oh. Oh. Question number two. Soul Bro, mm-hmm. since I am one of the few that frenzied the mind of Chris with a hope and dream back in episode 127, I'm curious what title you would give me if there ever was one, since you are the sentinel of hopes and dreams around here. You would be my cardinal of hoping and dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I right. appoint you. If I'm, the, if I'm the pope of hope and dreaming, I, I appoint you my, 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 my archbishop. There you go. Of hopes and dreams. All right. W- welcome to the hope again. <laughs> Number three, how long would it take Kawamori to make a fully transformable SDF-1 Macross in Legos? Ooh, man. I, Legos? I, I say five minutes. 
Nice, nice. Because he's he's made a Veritech fighter in Legos before, right? A Veritech, you say? Oh, sorry, a Valkyrie. Oh my God, that's that thirty years of unconditioning. <laughs> a Valkyrie. My bad. My bad. But yeah, he's he's made that in um in in Legos before. I wonder how long it took him to make that. But five minutes, I, I'd say an hour. <laughs> Because it's much bigger. Um, well, he didn't say how big it would be. Oh, that's true. But fully transformable. It's got to be at least of some size. 37 days. There you go. On the moon. Like the Ark. 37 <laughs> moon days. All right. And his last question. Describe what Marcellus Wallace's mecca looks like. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say there's three critical elements here. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's going to be bald. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> Gonna be probably black, mm-hmm. and most importantly, not a bitch. There you go. There you go. I can't answer it any better than. <laughs> See Chris on this answer. Yeah. Good question. Those are, are the type ask... of questions we like. If, if only Brett. If only Brett knew that. <laughs> we got uh, an Australian criminal, Rula mm-hmm. Flaga, as number one. Have you played any of the older or more recent Transformers video games? And if you have, do you have any opinions on them, such as the PS2 game Transformers based off of Armada mm-hmm. and more recent games like War for Cybertron, Fall of Cybertron? I played all of those plus the DS Autobot and Decepticon versions of Revenge of the Fallen games. Ugh. Ooh. Ooh, hey. man. Well, I've played um, in the last few years the PS2 Armada game, which actually was freaking fantastic. I love that game. Mm-hmm. That is one of the best Transformers games ever. And uh, I have played a bit of War for Cybertron, which also was quite good, but I need to eventually go back and play that and fall. Yeah, I, 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 that's pretty much... I've only played a little bit of War for Cybertron out of all the Transformers games. And a little bit, I think, of the GameCube Transformers game that was based on the first movie. It wasn't in the GameCube or something. It was on some obscure system. But uh, can't be the GameCube. Wii. That was already dead by that the time. That was already of... dead, but the movie came out. So yeah, Wii? it was the Wii. Yeah, it was on the Wii then. Yeah, you said some dead system. So yeah. <laughs> well then, but I, I did play a bit of the the movie adaptation game, and it was terrible. But War for Cybertron gave me uh, renewed hope on a. On Dude, a you should have known better. I know. Your I know. age to play a movie adaptation game. I, I didn't buy it. I just I had it. I had I had it offered to you be. Should have known better to even touch it. Hey yeah. man, well to I, even look at it. I guess I'm filthy then. <laughs> but I do want to I do want to own War for Cybertron and Fall for Cybertron. I keep hearing how good Fall is. So um and and plus not only that, but they help to tell some of the backstory to Transformers Prime. It all ties in. So that's uh actually another aspect of those games I'd like to experience. All right, Neo? Well, no, I don't because anything that's made after the 1980s does not have heart and soul. It's all about selling games and toys. Neo. <laughs> Read the Bible. Nice. There you go. Question number two. This one is just for Chris. So in the 2009 Yasumi-Kan episode and the Haters versus panel, I'm curious as a follow-up, what happened to Mr. Zambot 3 and his hate for Gundam 00? Did it subside or did he give it another chance or did he just swipe your tickets? He actually did follow up with us a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. I think he posted. Zambot 3? Yeah, 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 he did post. Because uh, I remember he referenced the whole uh, the whole live show that he was at. Um, yeah, but it was it was. You could dig it up somewhere. It's it's there in in the forum. Mm-hmm. Next we have Nasty Nate who says, 
how do you think a Gundam would do against a Category 4 Kaiju from Pacific Rim? Specifically, how do you fellows think the Wing and Freedom would do against them? Moonlight Butterfly is Damn not it. allowed. Uh, Damn it! <laughs> Moonlight Butterfly wouldn't have an effect. Yeah, it would. <laughs> well, given that Wing and Freedom don't even have Moonlight Butterfly, I don't see how, how that's applicable. Mm-hmm. No, um, he's saying turn A. Because he said, he said a Gundam, right? To begin with? He says, how? he says specifically Wing and Freedom, though. Yeah. Okay. But he was so, probably thinking I'd say Moonlight Butt. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, Tony. so Freedom, uh, you know, you just press the uh, target everything to win button. <laughs> <laughs> the one button combination like in uh, Super Robot Wars fighting game. <laughs> yes. I-, I would think that uh, the beam weapons on Gundams would yeah. be pretty advanced enough to just microwave the kaiju. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, and cook them good. The Gypsy Danger had a like a plasma, right? It had a plasma weapon. Yeah, but it's probably so. not advanced as as I know. But it, and it did pretty, beams. but it did pretty good damage. It so it's yes. like the bean weapons. Yeah, I think they'd pretty much wipe out a Category Four Kaiju. <laughs> yeah, hell, I think Gun Cannon could probably take care of them. Gun Tank especially could. I know. Um... I know that uh, I would. I mean, if if if, if it was out of the wing and the freedom, I would set the freedom's beams to spam. But, but, what, um, but uh, what wing is this? Is this just wing or wing just zero? Wing, just wing, wing. Oh, just wing. Okay. Sadly, sadly, otherwise the wing zero would definitely be the one of choice. But if I had to buy my suit to choose from for a difficulty, uh, for a higher difficulty level, I'd pick the red frame striker stray and go in, go in with that sword and see how it turn out. Yeah, but it had, it had a it had a beam weapon, anyways. It did, it did. But I would I would I would prefer to go with the sword because that shit is so it's so godlike. Well, that sword. If you is so if you want to brawl mm-hmm. uh, on on physical terms, then you send in either the psycho Gundams or destroy. Oh yeah, yeah true, true. Or the God Gundam or the Maxter. Mm-hmm. Maxter's got the little box and things. That's true. There you go. And he is little, the champion. And those six shooters. Our <laughs> our next it's question comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go our next question comes from robo lizard 222 don't so, trust him uh neo i th- i think we have uh an enemy agent here oh. i know don't never trust him anything but he calls aside him- from his name oh why what's he say he says hello gundam 3 mm-hmm. with the great amount of media devoted to zombies most people have a zombie plan but with growing technology you would think people would also have a robot plan what would be your robot plan or plans? Note, Neo must share some. <laughs> so I'm thinking that for operational security reasons, Neo's not going to reveal these not things the to the enemy. Not the true things, but I can, I can give you some, uh, some things that I want the enemy to know. I will uh, be walking towards the first robot uh, that I see and giving up myself. But then I will plant a grenade in their face. And after giving them that, what is it, that paradox where you, you ask them a question about their origin or something? But they, that that? they can't answer and then they yeah. just like say, does Grip not compute and then they just does not, yeah. overheat and explode. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, in the hills, man. In the hills. That's my biggest one. I, I But I know. And actually, <laughs> the first thing would be is to kill people named Robo Lizard because oh. you're Robo Collaborators. <laughs> his, 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 uh, his avatar does say destroy the competition. <laughs> Those competition, that competition are humans. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can already say what Soulbro will do. They'll just he'll sell out everybody because they'll tell them they'll get unlimited play on the new Street Fighter, and he'll uh, be like, oh. I, I, you, you're, "You're a funny guy." <laughs> I have one plan and one plan only: find Edward James Olmos and hope he has a plan. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, my plan's already well established. Uh, betray humanity and embrace exactly. the new robot overlords. There you go. Collaborator. I'm Robo. set. <laughs> hey, at least at least out. at least I'm outright and yeah, you picked about it. Side. I'm, I'm like uh, this robo lizard guy who's kind of suspicious and trying to yeah. get sneaky information out of you. <laughs> the Chris, game plan. I, I, I respect the fact that you will betray your own kind. But it does mean that once the robo apocalypse happens, if I see you, I'm putting a freaking bullet in your head. There you go. So, well, by I mean, then I'll have already been cybernetified, so oh, it'll yeah. just bounce that's, off. That's the way you're going, isn't it? Damn. Oh, man. I'm going full Borg. The lines are drawn. <laughs> Resistance is futile. Yes. Our next question comes from Highest Metal, who says, "I know it was slightly mentioned during Pat Labor Roundup, but how do you think things would turn out if you switched the cast of Pat Labor and Mobile Suit Gundam?" Hmm. Antics would exude. You, you really, you really see Ota and the gun cannon at a, a Bawaku. He just blast everything. He'd blast everything and be done. He'd be out of ammunition by the first minute of the battle. Yeah, he, he, you know, he'd, he'd basically be like uh, that that dumbass from Stargazer Shams. <laughs> yeah. oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. And um go to go to what there'd be so he'd much figure out he'd figure the, out how to uh, win the entire war without doing anything mm. but there'd be so much smoke on the bridge because yes. he'd be smoking non-stop and no one would know what to do yeah nice nice all part of the plan <laughs> <laughs> if, if it was the the pat labor crew on the white base man uh the the one-year war would have been a six-month war <laughs> they, they 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 actually work together well and you know, despite their uh, their the the dysfunction that's in uh, in in special vehicles, uh, to um, I I I think they would have they would have been far more efficient because uh, they they actually already put hashed their bullshit you know a while ago and they they work well besides their differences. So on white base, not they, everything was not so smooth. So uh, that's why it took a little bit longer <laughs> for them to find their groove. So okay. But um, as for uh, the opposite way around, um, how would Bright um, be as the the chief of uh, of the of that department for um, for, for 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 Pat Labor and running the Pat Labor? Well, um, special vehicle one, special vehicles. It was a special vehicles too, right? For um, for 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 their group. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, I, all I know is uh, I think Bright would do a good job, but everybody else would need to be whipped into shape. So <laughs> that's my opinion. Okay. All right. Well, I think that uh, Gundam pilot uh, Noah Izumi would spend all of her time polishing the Gundam, and she would spank any Zaku that dares to scratch it or get near it. Oh, God, yes. Nice. And uh, she would go nuts if someone stole it and got it busted up like Sayla did. Oh, God. <laughs> Where are your feet? Uh, I think, unfortunately, Shinobu's um, men would would die horribly because they have outdated oh. junk. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Those GMs, <laughs> they'd, they'd, be, they'd be in like no, they'd be in balls because they always had the inferior equipment. Yeah, God dang. <laughs> and oh, on the gosh. other side, um, I think that uh, Police Captain Bright Noah would uh, enforce discipline with an iron fist. Nice. Oh yeah. And generous slaps. Definitely would. That's what I'm talking about. True, true justice. <laughs> All right, so this next one's going to be a little bit lengthy. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Arbiter Gundam saying, I was listening to episode four again when you guys did your top ten and bottom five ladies of Gundam. Also, wasn't this the first Chris episode? Anyway, I was wondering if all these years later you guys had changed your minds at all for reference. 
Okay, here's the lists for those who have not listened to episode four, which, yes, was my first appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 10 to 1, Talia Gladys, episodes 1 to 49. <laughs> <laughs> really? You put 1 to 49, huh? Yes, because episode 50 undid everything yeah, that she it, yeah. was in episodes 1 to 49. Yeah. Uh, Matilda, Anil, Sumeragi, Sala, Allenby, Rain, Emma, Marbet, and Diana. Mm-hmm. Solbro, Fa, Karajina, Anil, Soshi, Nataro, Cusco Al, Rain, uh, Haman, number two, Haman, <laughs> and the top, Emma. Respectively, Crowley and Khan. Yes. <laughs> Neo, Karen, Noin, Lacus, Anil, Sela, Cassilia, Tifa, Muru, Emma, and Haman. Mm. Bottom five, me, Destiny Kigali, Lupe, <laughs> Chara, Flay, and Nina. Mm. Sobro, Dorothy, Stella, Marybell, Nina, and Quest. Neo is Rosamia, Lala, mm-hmm. Relina, Luna Maria, for of course besmirching the Red Zaku. Yes. And Nina. Mm. So any any changes? Um Man, uh, I'd probably my bottom. I'd probably would put. I think my hatred for Lala has grown. Damn. And I would probably. So I normally don't go to this, but I actually look to this because I normally don't read the um, questions. But because there was so much going on here, and it sounded like you were reading off a list, I went to it. My bottom half, I would knock. I would take Luna Maria and Relina and put them down one each and put Lala at two. So my new one would be from five to one would be Rosamia, Relina, Luna Maria, Lala, and Nina. Because fucking Nina. Um, <laughs> uh, um, for my 10 chicks that I like. Now, as much as my hatred of Lala has grown, my um, uh, affection towards Sela has grown too. So I'm going to go, uh, and Concilia too. Um, I'm going to go from 10 down. I will put uh, Karen, Noin, Lacus, Enol. I'm going to put Tifa. Then I'm going to put Sela, Cassil. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to put Ramius down, and it'd be Sela, Cassilia, Emma, and then Haman. Right. All right, Solbro, any changes? Um, I would probably move Fa to eleven because <laughs> I would be putting. Uh, I would really? be. Just, I would be putting. I would be um, pretty much uh, moving Fa to eleven, Katagina to ten, and Eno L to eight because I would be putting in Sumeragi as my new number. Uh, my new number. Uh, uh, you know, L to nine, uh, cause my Sumeragi would be my new number eight out of that. the rest of my list is pretty much, it's pretty much solid. Uh, I, I, I can't really see myself changing the list all that much, but Sumeragi definitely belongs in my top 10. And, um, I think at the time we were watching double O, so I hadn't really gotten to know her character yet, but you know, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long time. So we've been introduced to all sorts of new Gundam females now and Sumeragi definitely belongs there. No one all from right. H. Uh, not female-wise? No, not joking. really. Oh, I, I got some from H. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I got some. Oh, for so the on bottom my, five. <laughs> on, on my top ten, um, I'd bump Matilda, move everyone back a little bit, mm. probably push Emma Sheen 
a little bit further down the list, and then in her spot put Haman there. Oh, there you go. And on the bottom five, um, I'll, I'll drop Destiny Kigali because she's not so bad compared to who I'm adding. Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm going to bump everyone else back, and in the number two spot, I'm going to put Romari. Oh. She's just <laughs> such a horrible character. <laughs> And so Ooh, incredibly stupid and Look. just such a waste of space. God damn it. <laughs> and made even more so by the, the OVA. She's like, our memories are burning away. I have to save them all. That stock keeps falling. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I, I figured you'd have room for one other female from age, unless, unless that's coming. Uh, who would that be? Gerard Spriggan. <laughs> you, you know what, though? She... She she was just what there for like three episodes. That's true. That's and true. it wasn't her fault that the writing staff created her and put her in the yeah. thing. There you go. The way yeah, to I deal with that. Romari for for more than one arc. Yeah. With her constant stupidity, so <laughs> she ranks way higher than way way higher than uh, <laughs> Rock Spring. <laughs> well, all right, that that's settled. <laughs> All right, next we have a question from Shellcod, who says, What's your opinion on the Gundam Battle Assault series? I thought it was a pretty good fighting game and would love for a sequel. On a related note, will there ever be a new episode of Fighters Ready? <laughs> That's a very good question. Battle Assault, though, I always thought they were fun games. I mean, uh, on a technical right. level, they, they're, they're kind oh, of broken. Uh, what's, no, what's, just, yeah, there, there were three. There were three of okay. them. Um, I never really played Part 3, although I heard bad things about it. Um, but one and two, I owned. I actually own part two, thanks to Nasty Nate. Thank you very much, Nasty Nate, for for picking that up for me. And um, I, I always found that they were fun and awesome. And I I would hope to see that series come back. As for Fighters Ready, um, I'm working on it, man. It, it's hard to uh, do a show with a cat that's over in uh, Korea. It's it's hard to synchronize. So um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, I hope to have some good words on that soon. All right. And our last question for this episode comes from. Dayman, who nice. of course is the fighter of the Nightman. Ah, nice. <laughs> the champion of the sun. Mm-hmm. Charlie Day, all day. <laughs> he says, I was watching the DVDs of the original Gundam series and noticed something interesting. My default viewing of the show is in Japanese, but I'll occasionally switch audio tracks to see how the dub handled the scene for the heck of it. By doing this, I noticed that there are numerous times where if there's silence in the Japanese version, the dub always plays a different music track in its absence. There's even some instances where the music from the Japanese version is replaced entirely. An example being Giren's speech or Amuro's battle with Makuve in Texas. Do you guys know why the soundtrack was changed in certain places for the dub was there a licensing issue and they couldn't get some of the music tracks i'd be very interested in hearing your take on this because the difference can provide a very jarring viewing experience i'm gonna say that the most likely answer is that it was one of the attempts to modernize the show for its airing on toonami mm-hmm. and the thing about um american dubbing and also about american shows in general is that uh People who make these shows just have this weird conception that even a second of silence is just a horrible thing and you must always have someone talking or have music playing and you can just never have any silence for the sake of silence. Mm-hmm. So Robotech narrator. Exactly. So given that this was being prepared for a audience of young boys on American TV, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they felt the need to fill all of those quiet spaces to keep people's attention by having music and by changing 
um, the music for certain scenes. So it's probably not at all a licensing. I don't even see how it could be a licensing issue because it's in-house Sunrise music, so that wouldn't be the case at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just probably to punch it up for its broadcast to, uh, you know, make it seem more exciting or maybe just less old. Yeah, that that was always my take on that was, especially when uh, anime was really starting to become um, more dubbed and brought over. You, you noticed when you would go over the Japanese tracks, there'd be areas where there would not be any music, and it's just because of that whole thing of the two different cultures. So that yeah. that's what I and even noticed. even to this day, you'll see a lot of anime dubs have the tendency to add yeah. uh, off-screen dialogue. If, if you don't see someone talking, they'll just throw in a line or two of someone saying something because they just can't stand to have any dead space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 I guess, a common practice, but or at least it used to be more so than, than anything. But, yeah, um, I, I agree with what Chris said. Um, when, they, when the shows get localized, they, they do a lot of tricks like that to, to punch it up. Look at uh, Escaflone. Uh, not only was that show yeah. chopped up, but there was music throughout every inch of it, including like um, a mixture of not only the original score, but some kind of uh, additional added score to fill in Garbage the music. Of, pretty that, much. Besmirches the, the wonderful work of Yoko Kano. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. another equally egregious example, Cardcaptor Sakura. Mm-hmm. Mm. They got turned into Cardcaptors where they chopped out a bunch of episodes and re-edited the show to make um, – Lead the boy, the main character, and not yeah. focus on Sakura. Oh, good God, what were they thinking? Um, <laughs> I will say this: it's less it's less apparent as the episodes from Mobile Suit Gundam in the dub go along. When you get into the latter half of the show, it, they're not trying to cover every inch of it with music. There are there are quite silent moments in the in the dub, and I only own the dub version personally. I missed my chance to get the uh, the both language tracks, but uh, sucks uh, for you. I know I yep. suck. Uh, I pre-ordered those. I got the that. Yeah, I could definitely have those. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to find some other way to get them. Uh, uh, yeah, legally, of I, course, but um, yeah, it's it's less apparent in the later episodes. I think a lot of it too is probably the way they were marketing stuff with Toonami at that time because Toonami had all those cool commercials that always had a lot of music, and that was kind of the focal point of it. So that might have been the issue too. It's just, hey, we're we're you know we're advertising it this way. Let's you know, there's some dead space there, but. It, it's so silly because sometimes you think about it, it's not really that much of an eternity. It might be like, what, 10, 15 seconds of dead sp- I mean, it, it's not like you're going to have like three minutes of nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just glad they didn't drag and ballsy it up. That's all, that's all I'm happy about. And on Gundam, that's not as annoying where it is in G Gundam. If oh. you watch the dub on the DVD, oh, no. it's got a lot of changed or additional sound effects. Yeah. And it's the edited version of the dub they didn't create an uncut dub like with wang so you have you know all these wonderful gems like my wife was erased by argo Golsky. erased <laughs> what erased yes erased well i thought arnold schwarzenegger was the eraser yeah, you've just been erased. <laughs> <laughs> well, Argo is the closest analog to that in the show. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So those things don't happen anymore, thankfully, as we saw with... Um, yeah, she kind of full of that stuff. <laughs> with some of the broadcasts of other shows. But, uh, hey, with Seed, who could forget the disco, disco guns? guns. Yeah. The disco guns. Nice, nice. Or some of the... Um, Laughable new audio edits for the uh, broadcast of Double Eighty Three. 
Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which was originally edited to run on Toonami, but then ended up, gearing, ended up airing on Adult Swim, but then they ran with the Toonami edits that were laughable. Just foolishness. I just don't know why they didn't just... Why, why was the, uh, what was the reason for the disco guns in the seat thing? Was it 9-11 or was it... Um... Well, it was definitely post 9-11, but it's just the issue of guns. Like a lot of standards and practices at these networks have uh, for years forced shows to depict less realistic guns Yeah, because they don't want to influence the kiddies. So if you recall shows like, say, in the 90s Spider-Man where everyone has these like weird laser blasters. Yeah. You know, a lot of shows have weird laser blasters, even in uh, some modern shows like Beware the Batman, where you have, you know, people being killed and talking about openly about killing and death. The guns are still unrealistic looking. So it was just an effort to make them less real by, you know, adding those little glow sticks and little uh, little orange caps on them. Yeah, that that was just <laughs> wow. <laughs> I remember seeing that. I was just like, whoa. It's just I mean, especially hilarious in any of the scenes where people are threatening each other with guns, yeah, particularly the last episode with um, Atherin's dad. Mm-hmm. It just kind of kills the whole scene. Like, this guy's just bad. Naturals. Blah, 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 blah. Atherin. Blah, 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 blah. And he's just shot. holding this, this ridiculous gun. <laughs> it's like, dude, would you just... Did you just grab like a Nerf gun or something from no, or, or the uh, Matherin's old toy locker laser tag? <laughs> the, the one that was the worst, the one that stands out more to me is is uh, Atherin and Kigali in the uh, in the cave the island. Yeah, the island cave, and there's just keep pointing it back at each other. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Just like nerf each other to death or something? I mean, <laughs> and then they nerfed each other. Nice. We never got to see. And then she nerfed him. <laughs> in all sorts of ways. Yes. <laughs> oh, my. Damn you, standards and practices. So that'll wrap up the mailbag for this episode. So I will turn everything back to Solbro. Well, thank you, Chris. And um, that brings this episode to a close. But before we wrap this up, uh, you fellas have anything you guys wanted uh, to bring up before we, uh, we, we take this out of here? Stop. I hate everyone. Newsroom. Nice, nice. That's the PSA of the episode. Chris hates everyone. Neil wants you to stop watching Newsroom. Yeah, it's and- bad enough it's got a third episode. I mean, <laughs> it's on episode it, eight it now. Actually, it actually <laughs> makes me not watch. If you're listening to HBO, it makes me not watch because every time I, I there's always this danger that I might accidentally like start watching it. And no fault of my own, but something happens. So uh, get this crap off the air. And it's got to go away. These people need to just go away. Especially that freaking British bitch. Well, Neil's been speaking from conviction. Jeez. Damn. Damn. I'm just saying. Shout out to Emily Moore. Feel the same way, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't blame the actress. It's just Uh, a horribly written character. Yeah. Well, I don't see any divisions in this one. There you go. There you go. Well, I just wanted to. I want. I wanted to. Um, uh, uh, so, what's Fighters Ready going to happen again, Silver? <laughs> well, um, Fighters Ready is going to happen when, um, when when Nick and I finally find the time to uh, sit when, down and record. When the Battle show. Angel Alita comes out, there you go. Yeah, what comes out first? Battle there Angel Alita. The next episode of Fighters Ready. Well, Battle speak, Angel Alita. <laughs> speaking of podcasts, I started up um, this. I started up a new podcast on. Um, last friday that was born oh, new podcast yeah, new, new podcast, podcast. Well, well, about what, this. we didn't know about this well it was it was born from um i do live streams <laughs> at I, I do live streams at livestream.com um, 
fiery depths of hell. Not exactly. It, it kind of was. But um, if you go to tinyurl.com slash shinstation, uh, normally there I'm live streaming shows and, and we have commentary and we talk about it. And after the show, I'll get together with people on Skype and we'll have a, a roundtable discussion about what we watched or whatnot. And from that was born um, Barbecue Night. It's short for Barbecue Night. <laughs> tactical grape soda learning games which is a, a, a reference to Tropical Thunder um, and it's a it's a podcast where I get together with other podcasters or uh, regular Shinjuku Station listeners and we bring up a topic and we talk about it. Um, the first episode went down last Friday and it's streamed live so on Friday evenings from 6pm uh, Eastern Standard Time to 8pm Eastern Standard Time you can tune in and watch it there or you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the archive there and we pick a subject we talk about it the first episode we did we talked about bronies and i had two bronies on the show and i had two non-bronies on the show and we conversed you want about people to listen you want people hey, to listen to this hey look man i'm not afraid oh, to get we, my we hands know, we dirty. know we know eggman will listen hey, Egg, eggman was on the panel <laughs> oh, there you go. He, he was on the panel. Doc from the SSA podcast, who's not a brony, was on the panel. Myself, who's not a brony. And um, uh, Eric had brought an interesting person on the show. His, his name was Devin. And um, he is a... Uh, What's interesting, he's a, mean? <laughs> he's a comic book uh, writer and artist and has his own uh, label and everything. And uh, he came on the show. And I, many thanks to all four of them, all three of them, for joining me for that first episode. And if you guys want to um, par- participate and be in the chat and listen listen to the show live, Head on over to tinyurl.com slash shinstation. I look forward to seeing you guys there. Outside of that, definitely check out these websites when you have time. Head on over where the magic happens. mahq.net. That's the Mecca and Anime Headquarters. Also, make sure you visit gundam.net, the official website for the Gundam at MAHQ Podcast, and where you can download and find information on this episode and our entire back catalog. Join in on the conversation at mechatalk.net where you can also find official forums for Gundam where you can submit questions, topics, and reply to anything that we said in this episode. All other links for Gundam at MAHQ can be found at about.me slash Gundam. There you will find links to us on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and our other media facets. After listening to Gundam, the next podcast you should be listening to is Chaos Theater, MAHQ's other podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom, hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ himself, Chris Guanche, and everybody's favorite pedal bear of the South, Pedro Cortez. Listen to them at chaostheater.blogspot.com. Shinjuku Station also has a podcast that focuses on fighting games called Fighters Ready, hosted by Gundam's own Solro Ryu and his co-host, Nick the Stampede. Fight your way on over to fightersready.net, where you can download episodes and join in on the conversation. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. In May, Robotech Beauty Queen and Singing Star leads a glamorous life. Presenting Min After the show, Min May and pilot Rick Hunter take a ride in the fanliner jet. Then it's off to dinner at the Chinese restaurant. Oh, Rick, I'm having so much fun. Dolls sold separately is shown. Other outfits and accessories also sold separately. New from Matchbox. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint.
Union officer down. We are on the eve of a technological revolution. We need to give Americans a figure they can rally behind. Give your mom a kiss. Hi, baby. Too slow, boy. We're gonna put a man inside a machine. He suffered fourth-degree burns over 80% of his body. If he survives, he'll be paralyzed from the waist down, confined to a wheelchair. You say you can save him, but what does that mean? What kind of life will he have? What kind of suit is this? It's not a suit, it's you. What the hell did you do to me? Make him more tactical. Make him look, uh, let's go with black. When the machine fights, the system releases signals into Alex's brain, making him think he's in control. But he's not. It's the illusion of free will. I've selected 13 targets, all wanted for murder. This is the future of American justice. Alex! You need to speak to your son. Somehow, he's overriding the system's priorities. The human element will always be present. Compassion, fear, instinct. They will always interfere with the system. Better alive. You're coming with me.